This is Predictions, the podcast where we talk about the future. I'm your host, Konstantin, and I'm here with Ingmar. Today, we want to talk about a new factory that Tesla is planning to build near Berlin. It's called Gigafactory Berlin or Gigafactory 4. And we would like to discuss if it will actually be built. And if so, what impact it will have on the German auto industry and also vice versa. Tesla is building a pretty large factory near Berlin. I think many people are very excited about it. Some people are also against it. And I'm actually a little bit worried because I'm very much emotionally invested <laughs> into this. And if it doesn't happen, I will be very sad. I think it will happen. But I think there's also a really real risk that it won't happen. Because um, according to German law, if you want to cut trees in a forest, you have to do it until the end of February. <laughs> That's right. So now, as of recording, it's the 11th of February. So we have a um, couple days left. I'm not that fast with math. And um, Tesla needs to get going with cutting the trees in the forest if they want to get it done before the end of February. If they don't manage to do it, then they can apply for an additional extension of that timeline for two weeks. So effectively, they have time until the middle of March. But if they don't get it done until the middle of March, it's over. So there's no way they're cutting the trees. There's no way any building is getting up. And I'm just... The way Tesla works, I think at that point, they will probably look for another location for Gigafactory 4. And it may be that this means the project is cancelled. Yeah. It may also mean they just wait half a year until the autumn when they can cut trees again. But I think there is a very real risk. And so what needs to happen for Tesla to be allowed to cut down these trees, I think they need to get permission from the uh, environmental agency here in, in Brandenburg, in Berlin area, to actually cut down these trees. This is not yet a building permission for the building itself. It's a preliminary permission that they're applying for in order to cut these trees. And that's the German bureaucracy that needs to happen here before they can get going. So as of recording this podcast, there are actually harvesters, like machines that cut trees, standing in line in front of this forest, waiting to go in. So it seems like Tesla is actually optimistic that they can get started quite soon. But uh, as of today, they haven't gotten the green light. And with a bureaucracy, you never really know how close you are. You know, there's always, you're always one guy away from saying, actually, we just need this paper too. And then it takes another four weeks. And then it's over. So that's, I think, is a very real risk yeah. for the factory. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe... Um To give some to give some uh, background explanation to this, so the forest is full of precious wildlife like bats and ants, and all of this has to be relocated before the breeding season begins. This is the reason why they have to do it before before the mid of March, I think. Yeah, and it's, middle of March. Yeah. yeah, it's it's quite a quite a German problem, but it's real, and right now they are still waiting for the approval of the Umweltbundesamt I think <laughs> yeah. so the federal agency for environmental affairs <laughs> I don't know and I think that's a good translation yeah probably and yeah so so it's 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 becoming a little bit exciting and they have <laughs> like an whole an entire army of harvesters already in place 
And I, I, I heard that they can cut down 10 acres, no, uh, 10 hectares of trees yeah. in a single day. So, now, so that's... How much is a hectare? Is that like yeah. a hectare is a tenth of... No, it's like it's a hundred times a hundred, right? Yeah. So if you look at a square kilometer that they maybe want to cut... It's a hundredth end, of a square kilometer. I want to make a little defense uh, for the German legislation. I don't think it's just about the the the, um, the bats in the forest. I think it's a general law that you don't cut that you don't cut trees in summer because you also have birds nesting there and other animals. So th I think that's a thing that just exists. And if you're a German company, you know about that and you plan in advance, and it works. Also, I think the good thing about a bureaucracy is that, especially in the German bureaucracy, it's really about getting the papers. So if you have all the paperwork, if you have fulfilled all the All the, all, the, all the burdens, you have checked all the checkboxes, you have tied all the ends together and gotten all the signatures, there's a good... You can be confident that actually your thing will be approved, right? So I know that right now there's, they're kind of dancing the line in the politics also because, of course, for the region, having a Tesla factory is the biggest allocation of jobs, it's the biggest allocation of industry since the unification of Germany. So it's a huge thing. There's a lot of political pressure to get this thing done. At the same time, if politics actually exerts pressure on the bureaucrats, then this will be used later as a way to attack the approval of the project. <laughs> right? Because then you don't have the legal security that this was actually a legal process. So in Germany, I think especially in this domain, has a very good rule of law. You just need to get your paperwork And then you can get what you need to get done. But you need to get the paperwork. And that's the thing that I'm like, I'm not sure. And no offense, but I think it works a little bit different in the States for companies. Usually you go out, do your thing, and then you can just get sued afterwards. But you kind of take the liability yourself. In Germany, it's a bit... Oh, baby's waking up. Um, in Germany... <laughs> uh, in Germany, it's a little bit different in that uh, mm -hmm. there is more checks before you open a factory. And so for Tesla, I think it's a bit of a cultural change. Like, yeah. It's more like you need to tie these ends together. You need to um, put all the boxes, check all the boxes, and then you can go there. And you need to do this fast. Yeah. So I hope they find the right people here in Germany to help them with the process. I'm sure they're doing that. And that for me is a big question mark. Like if they can get the paperwork done on time. Yeah, I love how you talk of the bureaucrats, like, like a fourth force. <laughs> But yeah, but it's like, it's, I, I, I don't yeah. I, I, hate I, it yeah. because you get what you want if you have the paperwork. That's my experience. So I actually prefer that over a country where it's like um, about the way you talk or something. Yeah, I don't have any personal experience with um, multi-billion dollar investments. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Maybe you're right. Um, so there's a reason for everything, but there are a lot of things and a lot of reasons for <laughs> them. <laughs> In Germany, so yeah, I'm. I, I agree. Maybe, maybe the, the the real bottleneck is how how good Tesla is able to cope with this. So I I hope they have yeah. the right consultancy to to get around this. And not get around it. That's the point. Don't get around it. Just yeah, go through it. Get through it on time. <laughs> yeah. And oh, uh, by the way, one thing that causes a lot of confusion um, this this forest. So this has actually been a designated industrial zone for years and <laughs> so 
yeah, it sounds kind of harsh to cut down a forest, but this is more a little bit like a tree farm. And those trees are like 20-year-old pines. And of course, still, it's kind of a forest, but it's an ecologically not so valuable forest, right? So it's not like there has been a natural reserve and then Tesla just negotiated um, with somebody and bought, bought the area and now is cutting down trees. This is actually an industrial area that just happens to have trees on it, right? <laughs> That's an important distinguishment. Yeah, I mean, it's still a forest, but yeah. yeah and Tesla sure, promised that they will reforest, uh, I think, uh, by law, they're required to reforest the same area somewhere else. Uh, like I don't know if that's a word. Like they're, they're supposed to put trees on some other place and <laughs> grow another forest to replace that forest. And Tesla said they would do it actually three times over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is fine, I would say. One more thing I want to add is there is a quite a bit of discussion about water uh, in this area. Um, I know other factories of Tesla are located in the desert. Um, this area around Berlin is not a desert yet. <laughs> But the last summers have been very dry. And if this change in climate is any indication, we're going for a more deserted climate, especially in the summers. So this means there have been water shortages in the summers for these villages already. And they know that the new Tesla factory will draw a lot of water. So the local water company is actually concerned about not being able to supply that. And um, they would need rights to pull more water, so to lower the level of the groundwater or they would need to pull the water from further away. And there's still some discussion ongoing, also a little bit of, I think, political games where people are not really admitting that there is a problem or people are working around the problem or talking around the problem. Um, but this is also a bit of a discussion. I don't think that's a barrier. As soon as Tesla is building this, I'm sure they will find a way to bring water in. Um, water always finds a way. Yeah, I mean, there is a seaside a couple hundred kilometers away. So in worst case, it was desalination. <laughs> desalination. <laughs> It's not yeah. that dry yet in Germany, yeah. so I'm sure they will find enough water for this factory. But, um, but it's, better build the it, infrastructure it, now, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, for this village and that timeline, um, I understand this local water agency is not used to building to dealing with such a big project on such a short timeline of a couple of months until they plan to open and they need supplies. So I think that's a reasonable concern that people have i'm sure it can be solved i don't think it's a barrier but this is theoretically also something where somebody may be maybe coming around and say i'm sorry we cannot supply the water you can't open this thing yeah and then they, you need to find a solution it takes a bit longer <coughs> but every delay i think every delay can mean that somebody somewhere pulls a plug or tweets a tweet that says i'm sorry gigafactory forgo somewhere else and so that's my concern not that it will never happen, but it will take longer and then be cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, that's also my concern. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's I can't help you with that. Yeah. My prediction is they will open it. I, don't th I think they will open it. I'm optimistic. I'm sure they will find a way. Also, I think the German bureaucracy yeah. will find ways to put more people on this, uh, on this paperwork on the last days if necessary and speed up the process. I'm sure there are ways. What's your probability, um, Konstantin? So, so my probability just to know how, how many gigafactories will often if you would run like 100 yeah. experiments <laughs> What's your this is very dear to your heart I know I think I would say it's like 80% is that enough for you to sleep yeah. well at night yeah that, that's actually my number okay right. cool 
I want, wanted a higher one from you. Okay. Anyway, okay. let's just assume that this happens. Um, yeah. It will be interesting, right? It will be cool. It will be interesting. Not only because um, Tesla, I think, can learn some things from German auto industry. And I notice I'm sounding like a lot, like uh, somebody who's really promoting Germany here. Like first a German bureaucracy, now it's a German auto industry. Yeah. But I actually think Tesla can learn. But also the other way around. I think for the German auto industry, this is a great way to, to learn. And I think not only in the obvious ways in terms of, uh, I don't know, you go there and spy or something, or you go there and make a contract with Tesla to supply them with parts. And Germany has a very strong um, industry of car automotive suppliers, right? So there are more people, I think, employed in automotive suppliers in Germany than actually directly at the automotive companies. I have no facts for that. That's just me <laughs> guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I think that's true. I'm, I'm, uh, I may check it later yeah. and then verify it. And if it's wrong, <laughs> I will cut it out. Exactly. So um, if you hear it, it's it's true. And I've also heard it. I said I may check it, <laughs> but um, I think that also what you what you will get is people who've been working in this factory, then being able to also take job at other car companies. Yeah take jobs at other car companies. So I know that Volkswagen right now, not so far away from uh, from Brandenburg, I think somewhere in Saxony. I think it's Leipzig. No, I think Maybe it's wrong. Chemnitz, actually. But I built They're a converting a plant yeah. uh, to electric cars mm. and they have to retrain their whole workforce, um, which I'm sure they will be able to do. But there's always a bit of friction, right? When you have a workforce, um, like people working on the production lines who are used to building and gasoline cars, um, now they have to build electric cars. There's a bit of a transition, also a bit of a mindset change that you need also on the manager's side. And so I think if you have the supply of people who've been working for Tesla, and now you're starting a factory that builds electric cars in Germany, you can hire these people. Yeah. Not all of them, of course, but some of them. And you get this kind of knowledge. Yeah. And you also get this kind of mindset from Tesla. I think Tesla is bringing a lot of innovation to the auto industry. And I think it will pollinate the German auto industry and maybe help them actually to do the electric transition. Yeah, I, I think I think that's true. I think it will like take some time, maybe I don't know, five, ten years or so, um, to this for, for this to be really visible. But naturally like the fact that they are now like pulling talent from the same pool more or less um, will automatically mean that like they can learn from each other. And I think yeah probably tesla maybe can learn a little bit like from the german automakers as well i mean they're building high quality cars and so on and of course the german automakers can learn innovation and not um just building uh, internal combustion engines <laughs> for the next 20 years from tesla <laughs> and i'm really looking forward to that um mm. but uh, actually an interesting point and I was also, when I heard that Tesla is, is, is um, building a factory in Germany, I was thinking, oh, sure, okay, where is it Bayern or, or Baden-Württemberg? Um, so Bavaria or Baden-Württemberg. And so, <laughs> Thank you for the translation of Baden-Württemberg. Yeah. <laughs> Very helpful. Exactly. <laughs> um, so so um, to translate, it's like um, swimming. <laughs> okay, that, that joke is going nowhere. Yeah, okay, yeah just stop it. Constantly. Well, anyway, so... Um, uh, the point is, I don't know if Tesla underestimates how much 
how much different Berlin is from Stuttgart because like by, by American standards it's really not that far away but um, so south of Germany is full of full of engineers they're kind of conservative and I think it's it has become a little bit too little innovative here uh, mm -hmm. but on the other hand like Berlin is full of um, students and unemployed people <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they if they if they know that, right? I mean, we I live in Berlin, and we are no longer students, and we are not unemployed. Yeah, sure, but um, but it's not it's not like it's, yeah, of course. I mean, that I'm sounded not, that that sounded very full of myself. Yeah. I'm also making a defense for all the other software developers, startup people. Berlin is becoming one of the two big startup hubs in Europe, and I think that's why Tesla wants to be here. Exactly, but, they want but to have an innovation hub in Berlin. I don't know. I don't know if they if they want to have that then it's probably the right choice. If they want to have like this traditional engineering pool of people who just are able to like build beautiful Mercedes's, Mercedes's, um, that's, that's not Berlin, right? So that's true. Yeah. And it will be hard to convince a guy who's living in Stuttgart to move to, um, oh, to, wow. move to Berlin because he'll be like, oh, but no, but I have a house here <laughs> and I have a car here yeah. and, and this is another garden. country and they speak another language yes. in Berlin. And also they're lazy and I don't like them and Berlin is ugly and dirty and I like Stuttgart. So I think Unless there's a, a strong student. regional connection there yeah. in Stuttgart and I think it will be harder to convince people to move. Yeah. yeah. Or on Munich. Uh, for what it's worth, it's the same with Munich, I think. On the other hand, Berlin has a strong draw, and Berlin is turning into the startup hub, and I can imagine that there are quite a few engineers, also in German car makers in the south, who are actually considering the move, who are happy to move, and um, who are actually curious about like going to a car slash technology, more modern car company in Berlin. So I think that you have both. You will have both reactions, and it's a bit hard to predict mm -hmm. how this will affect their hiring pool. But I agree, you're right. Uh, you're not going to the cradle of the German automotive industry if you're going to Brandenburg. Yeah. I will say there is a history of building electric cars in Berlin, <laughs> specifically the region where Tesla is going. Really. Here in the uh, in the southeast of Berlin. Um, there have been uh, actually electric cars have been built here already in the early 1900s in the early 1900s <laughs> so in the beginning of the 20th century and uh -huh. so a couple hundred meters away from where I live there is a former car factory uh, and where they've been building electric cars ah that's AEG Siemens no I think AEG okay well I didn't know but that but I need to fact check that and then I may fact check that and if it's wrong I may put a correction yeah 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 I think I think I mean it's it's uh, probably I mean it's quite uh, dumb to assume that Tesla didn't do their homework I think they're very aware of what they do I mean it's still a multi-billion dollar company it's actually much bigger than Volkswagen now by market capitalization anyway so um, the so Bitcoin so. the thing is <laughs> they are um I, I, I think I think that exactly what, what you say is what they are building on, right? So they are assuming that Berlin is going to grow and it's probably just it's going to be cheaper uh, to to have a factory in Berlin because wages are lower and also like the land was probably I think it was like fifteen million euros, so I don't know. It was basically free. Yeah. And um 
so I, I, I think that's a strategic decision from Tesla and it's quite interesting because it, it again shows that Tesla is like with the choice to go to Berlin and not to South Germany they're really putting emphasis on innovation more than on like traditional engineering I would say and it's already yeah quite interesting I agree mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to think from first principles I think they were like okay we want to go to Germany what's a traditional place for a car company to go is the south right but they were like okay but we want to also have maybe the innovation innovation from berlin we want to have the software developers from berlin no, maybe not <laughs> you can dream um and maybe they're also looking at the connection to poland yeah. and poland generally has lower wages than berlin and um the distance to the polish border is on a range where you can imagine that people may commute tesla to the gigafactory definitely yes Oh, there is also a train going. <laughs> and um, I know that they're actually looking for Polish-speaking managers uh, in their job ads, oh. which was ah. actually a contentious issue mentioned in the regional press recently. Um, so it seems that they have the intention also to bring in talent from Poland uh, into the Gigafactory, and maybe this is another move also to have a bigger talent pool, yeah. be able to pay lower wages, to be frank, than if they were going to the south of Germany where you can pull in people from Switzerland, but they're not going to work for cheaper. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that's, I think that's, that's an interesting, nice, yeah, nice move. And yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, 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 I think uh, it's nice when companies go into regions that are less economically developed and then yeah. create jobs there. And I think for Brandenburg, if you go to predictions, I think for Brandenburg, this will be a catalyst also for other industries going there. If Tesla paves the way, Other companies may follow. For sure, there will be some suppliers going into the region. And uh, especially if they can demonstrate that they can quickly build this factory, this may also be interesting for other companies to see that you can launch there quickly. Yes. Uh, and especially for this region, um, in Berlin, you don't traditionally have this kind of, um, in German you say, like, bacon belt, like this kind of exp like expensive nice areas more on the outside of the city <laughs> suburbs where people are uh, commuting into the city um, but living outside the city and um, most german cities have that berlin doesn't have it yeah because berlin's population was actually much higher even before the first world war than it's now and so there's a lot of space in the city and people are actually staying in the city and living in the city they don't live in the suburbs so this this region around berlin hasn't been able to profit from the growth in Berlin, from the rent growth, from the wage growth in Berlin, as much as you would expect. And I think having the first factory going into this belt is a good indicator that this is starting to change. And you will see more companies moving in this region around Berlin to draw from the talent pool in Berlin, to draw from the talent pool in Poland, to draw from the regional talent pool, and to use the fact that this is an area with a lot of space yeah yeah and it's really like it's it's like berlin is really like a huge cluster surrounded by nothingness and it's 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 it has started in the recent years that like i mean you can't really buy a home in berlin but you can can buy a home in brandenburg so like i don't know if you're if you're a family father and you work in berlin you're like today i think you're likely to at some point if you don't decide to to stay like in in apartments um, to buy a home in Brandenburg, but there hasn't really been industry m moving to the surroundings, right? And yeah, I agree. 
um, if they get this done, this will really change a lot for Brandenburg. And um, actually, one one thing that I that came to my mind when you when you talked about history of Berlin, <laughs> quite funny actually. Um, so one other reason why the Gigafactory was like the starting of cutting trees was delayed a little bit is that they found <clears throat> lots of uh, duck bombs, bombs, duck bombs in the area. Duck duck bombs. Duck bombs. Ah, duds. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so they found a lot of dead bombs in the area, and they had to defuse them first. <laughs> and it's like it's also pretty specific <laughs> Berlin problem, I think. Like every time you build something in Germany, you basically find um, an old bomb that hasn't exploded from World War Two. And yeah, they also did. I think they found around ten or so, and this has also delayed the building process. Yeah, they had to close the highway for a couple hours, yeah. twice actually, because they needed to do controlled explosions in this forest where they have to explode these bombs because they're actually not safe to transport, right? So if you have a almost 80-year-old device that has been dropped from a couple uh, hundred meters or kilometers of height and that is explosive, you probably don't want to move that <laughs> thing much. Yeah. So you, they usually explode these bombs uh, right in place. Um, and so then do you have you have highway closures and that's uh, that's a standard thing in Germany so once once a year a couple times a year if you live in a bigger city you hear the story that okay yes, there was a construction zone they found a bomb and the people around it needed to leave their houses they explode these bombs usually nothing happens people come back to their houses everything's fine yeah and so the same happened there in Brandenburg I'm a bit surprised they found this many bombs in this specific forest I hope this is because it was so close to Berlin. I hope that not all forests are that closely filled with bombs, um, yeah. especially in Brandenburg, because otherwise I will be more worried when I go for walks in future. Um, well, you, but you, it's, you it's a normal thing. You deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it takes a couple of weeks, and then you're done. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, I'm not sure. I'm. I think I've heard that it has to do with like it's actually american bombs and they were like coming back from berlin and they can't they, they can't like still today you can't land with a lot of a ammunition right on your plane it's just too dangerous so they had to litter it somewhere and they just threw it on the forest i think that's the reason i'm not sure imagine you're coming from the south of england or something you're flying all the way to berlin <laughs> and then you don't You don't drop the bomb on Berlin. Yeah, you just drop uh, it. You in the literally forest. drop the ball instead of the bomb. You yeah. miss the city and then you're like, ah, damn. Yeah. yeah. Now I failed and you drop it in the forest after. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel sorry for them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's just another, that's also a historical thing you have to deal with in Germany. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Tesla expected it, but I mean, if you have like, 10 acres, uh, 10, 10 hectares of land. This is what happens. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know how much planning was there before. I mean, they announced this uh, factory a couple months ago, but I assume that there was a lengthy process before where different yeah. regions were bidding on that and there was a team by Tesla evaluating that and I'm sure this bomb thing came up. On the other hand, you would expect that they also talk about the need to fell the trees before the middle of March. And then it's a bit surprising that there's so much in time, uh, running into time issues right now. But maybe that's just Tesla for you. That's yeah, I mean, there, there was actually a lot of competition and we're only talking about Germany here. But of course, this is the Tesla factory for Europe, right? 
and they they also considered it building in some other places i think also in saarland actually <laughs> so which is the place where we are from yes and it's in Originally. a very very southwest of germany and it's pretty small and like the only reason to be there is that it's close to luxembourg and to belgium and to france uh, basically i i don't know i mean yeah, we lost another bunch of silent subscribers Ingmar, yeah, be i'm careful. sorry be i'm careful. sorry yeah but but i mean i am from there and it's it's part of the culture to bash it right so i think <laughs> people can understand that and um but i mean there, there's a little bit of car industry and yeah ford is there anyway so they also i think they also considered moving to england but they didn't because of brexit mm. and yeah i'm sure other countries as well so i think there was a story about um some some nuclear power plant in the in belgium or like in france that where they were planning to repurpose this power plant as a factory which back then to me already seemed quite insane because A nuclear power plant is a huge liability, right? <laughs> and the last thing you want when you're building a new factory is dealing with a building that has issues. I think right? that's, that, that's so even I, worse than, than bats and, <laughs> and dot bombs. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I, I guess it was already decommissioned, the power plant. But even then, usually when you build a factory, you go, especially when you build a car factory, you either go into a building that was used as a car factory before, so it has the right layout, or you build a new building. But usually you don't take uh, like a former power plant and then convert it, because at that point you're doing more like a historical reconstruction of a building than actually building a factory, and that's usually not cost efficient. Anyways, we are getting really sidelined, uh, <laughs> not sidelined, really get distracted here um, with um, off-topic things. Is there anything that you want to add to the Berlin Tesla factory? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I think I think we've covered it all. It's going to be awesome. It has to happen. 